Teachings that do not speak of pain have no meaning, because humankind cannot gain anything without first giving something in return. In alchemy, to obtain something, something of equal value must be lost. This is Equivalent Exchange. Welcome to Equivalent Exchange, a podcast about Fullmetal Alchemist by Hiromu Aokawa. I'm Kayla. I'm Ellen. And I'm Kazum. And today we're going to be discussing chapters 46 and 47. Yay! Yes! Yay! Oh, I'm not crying. I said yeah. I was going to come in crying. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> this episode. <laughs> but it's okay. It was all fine in, fine in the end, question Yeah, it's right. less sad than anticipated. <laughs> I mean, I was end. really worried about Lawn Fun. I'm slightly less worried about Lawn Fun now. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the pre-cry wasn't necessary. So, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay i forgive you okay Breaking i can start crying if you want <laughs> <laughs> it was was it a promise or a prediction gone wrong mm, mm. good point <laughs> getting philosophical here <laughs> that's what we do every time with our amateur religious philosophy discussion obviously right? yeah <laughs> anyway i'm ready all right so we'll For the do the usual the thing we'll do our Summary, recap, slash uh, dramatic reenactment, and <laughs> then discuss. How much screaming, uh, what percentage um, of the time do you think you'll be screaming today? Uh, well, Armstrong's not in it, so. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, so like normal volume for most of it then. Yes. <laughs> Chapter 46 opens with a coach being pulled along a mountain road by two horses. The driver struggles a bit to keep the horses under control, noting that they seem oddly spooked today. We then see the likely reason for this when one of the passengers turns out to be Hohenheim of the Animals Have Never Liked Me fame. <laughs> He's staring at the picture he got from Panaka's house with a genuine smile on his face. And one of the other passengers, a woman with a young child, asks if it's a photo of his family since he's looking at it so fondly. Yes, I recently returned home after being away for a long time, he says, his smile now somewhat wistful. I met with my eldest son. He's grown so much. He had such a look of strength in his eyes. It was as if he no longer needed a father. The woman asks if they had a fight, and Hohenheim laughs and says it was something like that, then adds that he doesn't have any reason to go home anymore. That's so sad, the woman says. But Hohenheim smiles again as he puts the picture away. Well, I'm sure I'll see him eventually. After all, we're both alchemists. The woman looks a little confused by that, but their conversation is immediately interrupted as a group of bandits on horseback jump onto the road and attack the coach. Maybe it wasn't Hohenheim who'd spook the horses after all. I doubt it. I doubt, that it, I doubt that it wasn't. It's always Hohenheim. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the driver is quick to load a flare and fire it into the sky, though he gets shot in the shoulder for his trouble and tumbles to the ground when one of the bandits grabs the horse's harness and brings the coach to a halt. At the back of the coach, another bandit flings open the canvas covering and trains a gun on the passengers. Hohenheim, at the front of the group, tries to reason with him, but the bandit just says, So you want to go first, old man? And then a series of gunshots ring out. One of the other bandits calls back to ask what's taking so long, then goes to check, saying that the police will have seen the flare and will be there any minute. He finds his companion standing stock still and looking terrified. Really now, that was uncalled for, Hohenheim says, looking down at the bullet holes in his chest with only mild annoyance. Can't you just let us go? He emerges from the coach, sending the bandits skittering nervously backwards. Who is this guy? Does he have a metal plate over his chest? One of them cries, then takes aim higher and says, I'll blow his head off. A little bit later, the police have arrived on the scene. They hurry over to the driver and ask what happened. We were attacked by bandits, he begins, looking shaken. Were any passengers killed? The officer asks. No, none. The bandits ran away without even taking the baggage. Ran away? Yes. It was as if... They ran off screaming as if they had seen a monster. At the back of the coach, Hohenheim adjusts his clothing while the other passengers stare at him. How rude, he says to himself. Look at how many times they shot me. 
<laughs> He's absolutely riddled with bullet holes, none of them bleeding, and even one of the lenses of his glasses is cracked. He pulls the photo back out of his pocket and notes that it thankfully didn't get damaged, then begins to remove his damaged glasses. The woman he was talking with earlier is the first of the passengers to find her voice. You, how are you still, who are you? Hohenheim looks back at her with an unreadable expression. I'm a monster, he says. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I mean, he was definitely suspicious before, but now he's like extra suspicious. <laughs> yeah. Mm. <laughs> at least twice as suspicious. <laughs> at least 2.3 times as suspicious. <laughs> we then cut back to our cliffhanger, where Fear Bradley realizes that Lanfon managed to get out one of her kunai and slightly blocked the blow from his swords, which kept it from being an instantly fatal strike, but still leaves her lying limp and bleeding on the rooftop where she fell. He tells Gluttony to finish her off, but a very angry-looking Ling stops him in his tracks by slicing right through his head and arms before he can eat her. Lanfan, Ling cries, hurrying to her side. Pull yourself together. Let's get out of here. He lifts her onto his shoulder and moves to get away, but Bradley is already there in front of him. Do you really think you can escape my watchful eye? He says, sword at the ready. Ling raises his own sword and gives a nervous smile. I agree that it's doubtful, but I won't know until I try. They clash swords a few times, Bradley scoring a strike to Ling's cheek that draws blood and he praises Ling's combat experience, noting that he keeps trying to move to his left side into his blind spot. Unfortunately, the Fuhrer isn't fighting alone, as Gluttony has recovered from his most recent death and promptly smashes Ling and Lanfan into a nearby building through the window. Bradley casually follows him inside and says he has questions now that they're away from prying eyes. Who are you? What are your intentions? And how can you see what's inside Gluttony? Ling doesn't respond, instead focusing on evaluating his environment and trying to figure out if he can make it to the door before Bradley strikes again. Bradley notices, calling him foolish and cowardly, and adds that, That girl has become a burden to you. If you leave her behind, you might stand a chance. Why do you hesitate? A burden? Ling repeats, looking angry. If you were in my place, could you bring yourself to forsake your fallen comrade? Yes, I could, Bradley answers easily, which clearly shocks Ling. That is how I've come as far as I have. I'd have no hesitation whatsoever. Ling's eyes fall to the stars decorating Bradley's shoulder, indicating his rank. You're the most powerful person in this country, right? You're Fuhrer King Bradley, he says. A king exists for his people. Without his people, there can be no king. King Bradley, you will never be a true king. As he makes this proclamation, Lanfang comes to, and with her uninjured hand, she pulls out a flash grenade, yanks the pin with her teeth, and tosses it at the feet of the Fuhrer and Gluttony. The light blinds them both temporarily, and Ling, shouting that Bradley relies too much on his eyesight, takes advantage of the opening by navigating his way toward the exit, where he can feel the wind blowing. But just before he makes it, one of Bradley's swords comes flying in to embed in the wall in front of him. You may have blinded one eye, but I have another, Bradley says, revealing his Ouroboros-marked eye. While Gluttony whines and rubs at his eyes, Bradley explains that his eye patch kept his left eye safe from the flash. You mentioned something about a true king, did you not, boy? He asks his shockling. Your immature and idealized theory is worthy of contempt. Nowhere on this earth does a true king exist. Elsewhere, Winry has joined Gracia and Alicia to visit Hughes's grave. Winry wonders why everyone disappears when she's not around, and remembers the day her parents left. The last memory I have of them is seeing their backs as they departed for the war zone, she says to Gracia. As the sight of their backs became smaller and smaller, loneliness set in and I started to cry. But I also remember feeling admiration, knowing that my parents were acting on what they believed. I think I saw in Mr. Hughes's back something of my father, something I've lost and will never regain. My mom and dad, and me, happily smiling between them. I projected all of that onto Mr. Hughes, Alicia, and you, Mrs. Gracia, because you welcome me like family. Little Alicia reaches her hand out toward Winry, and she takes it with a smile. That made me very happy, she continues. It made me feel like my family never left. 
Gracious smiles gently. I hope you'll visit him every now and then, she says. He gets lonely so easily. A little while later, the three of them are walking back through town when they begin to hear gossip about the Elric brothers being involved in a fight. Winry, slightly panicked, tells Gracia that she has to go and begins to follow the gossip back to its source. As the talk gets more alarming about the state alchemist killer and military police being involved, Winry has a flash of memory of her parents leaving and of the brothers walking away from her the night before. Why are they overlapping? She thinks frantically, and she picks up her pace. Back with Ed and Al, they're still managing to evade Scar, though with a lot of difficulty. And Scar has his usual reckless and single-minded attitude in the fight, nearly burying a woman standing on her balcony in debris. Ed saves her and also promises to come back and clean up the mess later, and then knocking out a pair of soldiers waiting for the order to fire when Al dodges out of the way of an attack. You bastard, don't involve the bystanders, Ed shouts at him. It will all be over as soon as you accept divine judgment, full metal alchemist, is all Scar says in response. Al notices how tired his brother is and decides he needs to buy them some time. Scar, he calls out, drawing his attention. Scar continues to face Ed as he answers over his shoulder. I already told you, in East City, there are those like you who create, and there are also those who destroy. This makes Al flinch as he remembers apologizing to Nina for not having the ability to return her to normal. If all you do is destroy, how can you hope to accomplish anything? Aren't you just invoking God's name so that you can justify murder? Al demands. He clenches his fist and it begins to shake, which Ed notices with concern. Show Tucker and his daughter Nina. Did you tell them that you were an agent of God when you took their lives? Tucker. So, you saw that girl he turned into a chimera, Scar says, his back still turned. You ask how I can hope to accomplish anything? The alchemist that I defeated the other day said something similar. He said, you're no match against those of us who create. Scar turns his head to glare at Al. You claim that you wield the power of creation, the same power that turned that innocent girl into an abomination? Such power only succeeds in creating tragedy. That is the true nature of your beloved alchemy. Ed startles at this, remembering his nightmare of Sho Tucker pronouncing his guilt for putting Al into his unfeeling body. He grits his teeth and snaps back. But why? Why did you have to kill her? What right did you have to take her life? Tell me, Scar. You knew what would have happened, didn't you? Scar says. It was impossible for her to be turned back to her former self. Left in that condition, she would have lived the rest of her days as a lab animal, never again treated like a human being. This stuns both Ed and Al silent, as they're forced to admit to themselves that Scar is right, even if they couldn't acknowledge it back then. We didn't know what to do with her because the situation was so difficult, so we did nothing. As they struggle with this, Winry pushes her way through the crowds on the streets as she continues to draw closer to the fight growing more and more panicked as she passes by the wreckage and transmutation remnants littering the path. It's true that we alchemists have made a lot of mistakes, but that doesn't mean I agree with what you're doing, Ed finally says. Scar, I have to ask you, does an agent of God also take the lives of doctors who devote themselves to helping people? Do you remember a couple of Amestrian doctors named Brockbell? Because of where he's standing, only Al notices Winry arriving on the scene. He calls out to Ed to try and get him to stop, but his brother is too angry. When the Asphalian civil war was at its bloodiest, they risked their lives going to the southern front to treat refugees, Ed continues. Scar, do you remember the kind, loving husband and wife who saved your life and whose lives you then took? Scar seems genuinely affected by this accusation, but he's not as shocked as Ed, who's finally noticed Winry's presence. What are you saying? Winry asks, wide-eyed, while Ed gapes at her, horrified at what he's accidentally done. Winry continues shakily. This is the man who killed my mom and dad? It can't be. They were killed by a person they helped save? Her attention turns fully to Scar. You killed my mom and dad? Scar looks away, saying nothing. Winry drops to her knees. Why? What did my mom and dad ever do to deserve that? They never did anything to harm anyone, did they? 
She clutches at her head as tears begin to fall. Give them back, she shouts. Give me back my mom and dad. And then, while Ed and Al look on in horror and yell for her to stop, Winry's trembling hand begins to reach for a nearby gun that was dropped by a fallen police officer. As she raises the gun and aims it at Scar, he remembers the words of his master. I can understand why you want to hate them, but vengeance only gives birth to more vengeance. You must endure it. And that's the end of chapter 46. <laughs> you just scream a little. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a little screaming. This is genuinely one of my favorite parts in the whole series. I love oh, it yeah. so much. Mm -hmm. And I love this scene so much. Mm -hmm. But alas, we must continue <laughs> for <Yeah>. now. <laughs> Chapter 47 opens with an explosion. <laughs> Not with Scar, but in the building Ling and the homunculi were fighting in, which greatly startles some bystanders down below. Still carrying Lan Fan over his shoulder, Ling jumps from the building, startling everyone even more, takes a brief moment to recover from the hard landing, then quickly dashes off. Up above, Fuhrer Bradley tists over the recklessness of using a flash bomb, smoke bomb, and a grenade to make that escape. <laughs> Was it reckless? He, he has a special eye, and he can use his butt to control swords. <laughs> the most dangerous. The situation thing. merited it. <laughs> I really hope that that, that, that maybe, I don't think, I don't know if that reference, it must be kept in. It must have kept in somewhere. Anyway, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Or it's Wait, a mystery. I just realized, does that put a new meaning to buns of steel? <laughs> They're pointy. <laughs> pointy buns of steel. <laughs> of course, when I was younger, I was every bit as wild and reckless as him, he tells Gluttony, who is still rubbing his eyes and very much not listening. That's the problem with getting older. I may be able to see, but my body just doesn't do what I tell it to. After this bit of reminiscing, he asks if the still-blinded gluttony can track Ling and Lanfan by scent, then sends him to circle around and cut them off so they can drive them into a dead-end alley. My, my, he adds, putting his eye patch back on, and we still haven't even dealt with Scar yet. Speaking of Scar, Winry still has a gun trained on him, though her whole body is shaking. And now both plead with her to put it down while still standing at the ready for any move from Scar. Scar himself looks uncertain for a moment. So, you're the daughter of those doctors, he says eventually. You have every right to shoot me, but the moment you squeeze that trigger, I will consider you my enemy. Ed now both react badly to that statement, and Ed shouts, Lay one finger on Winry and I swear I'll- You'll kill me? Scar snaps, interrupting him. Go ahead. This cycle of hatred will not end until one of us is dead. But do not forget, the Amestrians fired the first shot in that war. It was your people. Winry hesitates, and the boys again beg her to drop the gun and get out of here. But my mom and dad, she says in a quiet and trembling voice. If you cannot pull the trigger, then leave the field of battle, Scar says, as he readies another attack in Ed's direction. Ed dodges the shockwave, but runs directly towards Scar, which seems to surprise him. Scar swings out with his arm, but Ed isn't aiming for him. He flips himself over Scar's shoulder and throws himself bodily in front of Winry, one arm stretched out protectively while the other pushes her hands holding the gun downward, keeping her from shooting. Scar, poised for an easy kill, suddenly stops short, his hand only inches away from Ed's snarling, defiant face. He remembers, suddenly how his older brother had similarly thrown himself between Scar and an attacking alchemist during the war. That moment of hesitation is enough to let Al move in and deliver a hard kick to Scar, knocking him away. He follows up with an alchemical attack to drive him further away, and Scar decides to fall back and regroup for a moment, shattering a hole in a nearby wall to make his escape. Al turns back around to scold Ed. Stupid big brother, what were you thinking? Were you trying to get both of you killed? Hurry up and take Winry to safety! And then he runs off in pursuit of Scar. Ed turns around to face Winry, grabbing her wrist and again begging her to let go of the gun. Her hand shakes in his. I couldn't do it, she mumbles. He killed my mom and dad. You and Al might get killed. Why? 
She half covers her face with one hand, tears streaming down her cheeks. Ed watches her helplessly for a moment, then says, Winry, let me tell you something. He gently begins to ease her fingers away from the gun as he speaks. When you helped deliver that baby in Rush Valley, you saved the mother and child. You also gave me an arm and a leg so that I could get back on my feet. Your hands weren't meant to take people's lives. They were meant to save them. The gun clatters to the ground, and Ed takes Winry's hand in both of his. He bows his head and says, please. That's the breaking point for Winry, and she begins to cry in earnest. Loud, heaving sobs as she leans her head on Ed's shoulder and clutches at his sleeves. Ed just holds her as she lets it all out. The military police have arrived on the scene, so when she quiets, Ed hands the gun over to one of them and asks him to take her somewhere safe. Turning back to Winry, he tells her that he has to go and join Al, who's still fighting Scar. He takes off his coat and drapes it over her shoulders, apologizing and promising to talk about all of this when he gets back. Winry watches him leave with a miserable expression. She clutches his coat tight around herself and wonders, why is there never anything for me to do but wait? Over at Roy's prank call station, he listens to the radio chatter. <laughs> he listens to the radio chatter of Winry being taken into protective custody, then gives Risa the location and tells her to go give the kids some backup. There's an empty house in the suburbs that we can use, he adds, jotting down a note and handing it to her. If anything happens, wait at this address. Make sure you're not followed. Yes, sir, Risa says. She shucks off her military jacket and grabs some civilian clothes from a nearby locker, along with one of Fury's spare pairs of glasses, which she pops the lenses out of. With her hand on the doorknob, she tells Roy, If I make any progress, I'll call you at this location, so please don't move. He agrees without turning to face her, so she sternly adds, Do not enter the battle, sir. <laughs> he looks surprised, then smiles wryly. I know, he says. Meanwhile, Ling is still desperately trying to evade gluttony in the Fuhrer, but he soon notices that the farther he goes, the fewer people there are. They've run me into a trap, he realizes, looking around the narrow alley that he's found himself in. Following along at an unhurried pace, Bradley listens to the ruckus happening elsewhere in the city and sends Gluttony after Scar while he finishes up with things here. But Gluttony protests the order. He likes girls better. They're so tender and tasty. <laughs> this is also like Barry the Chopper moment. Or yeah. Like, <laughs> oh. The <laughs> <laughs> fear of being like, oh, you like girls? And then like after that being like, oh. just go find Scar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Willing continues to run, Lanfon stares down at her injured arm, hanging limp and bleeding across his back. Prince, my left arm is no longer of any use, she says. What of it, Ling says, still focused on their escape. I can no longer fight, she continues. If you bother with an unworthy burden like myself, you will also fall. Then all will have been in vain. A king cannot exist without his people, but without their king, the people will have no sense of purpose. Prince, you must return home alive in order to preserve the hopes of our clan. I'm not leaving you behind, Ling says firmly, and Lanfon smiles. There are many things one can sacrifice to fulfill one's duty, she says, pulling out one of her kunai and turning it towards herself. What are you doing? Ling asks urgently, starting to catch on to her intentions. Lanfon, don't do anything foolish! And as he yells for her to stop, Lanfon bites down on the fabric of her collar and plunges the blade inward. No, not Lanfon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's definitely a no. Yeah. Well, Wing is like, no. And in my head, I was like, no. Yeah. <laughs> Back with Scar, Al has caught up with him in an empty train yard and is dodging around his attacks. I know that beneath that suit of armor, you're empty inside. Is that also thanks to your alchemy? Scar taunts. How sad. You've been put into that cursed body, and yet you still put your trust in alchemy? Al transmutes a pipe into the water tower they're fighting around, sending Scar jumping to the ground, and Al lands after him. It's true that there are lots of things this body keeps me from doing, but being hindered isn't the same as being cursed, Al insists. 
He thumps his fist against his chest plate and continues. Big Brother made a great sacrifice to bind my life to this world. Denying what I am would be like denying my brother's hopes or denying alchemy itself. I still believe in the potential of alchemy. I want to believe in it. Is that so, Scar says, apparently unimpressed. He reaches toward the stream of water pouring from the tower, and the energy of his destruction alchemy turns it into a cloud of steam, blinding Al to his movements. Scar emerges from the steam, poised to strike, but thankfully Ed has arrived and interrupts with a kick that sends him skidding back. Whoa, I actually hit him, Ed says as he lands beside Al. Al thanks him for the save, then urgently asks about Winry. Ed tells him that she's safe in protective custody. I'm so pathetic, he adds. I made her cry again. Al scolds him for being careless. She saw a lot of bloodshed, too. I know, Ed says. Now, let's get things under control. They focus their attention back on Scar, but before anyone can make a move, an unsettling voice calls, Peekaboo, I found you! And Gluttony arrives on the scene. I found the Ishvalan! Hey, it's a homunculus, Al says, as Scar dodges a bite from Gluttony and explodes him from the back. Gluttony recovers from this quickly, with a wide grin, and slams Scar roughly into the side of a nearby building. Ling said he would head them off before they could make their move, Ed shouts as he runs toward the fight. So where is he? Elsewhere, we see Bradley swiftly following a trail of blood through a maze of alleyways. He turns a corner, sword at the ready, but his eye widens in shock, and we see just a glimpse of what he sees, Lanfon's outstretched arm, still in dripping blood. Back at the fight, Ed gets his question answered immediately when Ling suddenly bursts dramatically from a manhole in the ground in front of him. He flips through the air, shirt gone, sword between his teeth, and a furious expression on his face as he pulls the pin on a bomb. These guys have a lot of bombs. They do. Oh, yeah. They were prepared for this. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's what they were doing when they were, like, getting all the, uh, eating all of Ed's, like, food on his, like, getting room service on his dime was, like, <laughs> also prepping all of his equipment for the next time that they would encounter the homunculated <laughs> to, to capture them. It's like they're prepared. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> He lands on top of Gluttony, shoves the bomb down his throat, then yells for everyone to get down. The top half of Gluttony's body explodes disgustingly, <laughs> sending blood and shredded body parts in all directions. Even that is like, ew. Yeah, you're right about that description. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. why I left. <laughs> the severed pieces begin to turn to dust, and as Gluttony's main body starts to spark with alchemy as it heals itself, Ling shouts for someone to get him a strong metal cable. Okay, Ed says, hurrying over to transmute the metal train rails into a length of cable. Ling takes it and swiftly loops it around the recovering gluttony, tying it tight as the homunculus strains against it. Your ability to regenerate is working against you this time. Your own swelling flesh is keeping you bound inside this cable. Ling grits his teeth viciously, glaring down at his prize. I've got you, homunculus. Back at the alley, Bradley narrows his eye and concedes, well played. And we see that he is looking at not Lanfon's body, but her severed arm, tied to a very confused-looking stray dog who has been unknowingly leading Bradley on a pointless chase. Down in the sewers, Lanfon trudges through the water, panting in pain and exhaustion. Ling's shirt is bound tightly around her shoulder where she severed her own arm, stemming the bleeding. Down here, the water will wash away my trail of blood. He cannot follow me now, she thinks to herself. Through the pain, she manages a satisfied smile. Well, looks like I managed to elude you, monsters. And that's the end of chapter 47. Yay, Lanfon's okay. I mean, she lives. <laughs> she lives. She's grievously injured, but she lives. Yeah. <laughs> She's okay for now, at least, mm -hmm. for this episode. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I was like, good show. Good show, Lanfan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You really did it. <laughs> yeah, the uh, subtitle of this chapter is Lanfan's a badass. Yeah, really. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, like, the chapter title, and I was like, well, I don't remember what it is. Oh, okay. Yeah. No. It's a joke yeah. about how yeah, great Lanfan is. It, is, it should be Lanfan is a badass. Yeah. <laughs>
Oh, actually, this one's forty-seven, right? It's the um, it's the one we were we talked about secretly before. The girl, girl in the grip of battles, past and present. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, at least in their um, mm-hmm. in this translation. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen um other translations that just say "girl on the battlefield," which is a translation I like better. I agree. Mm-hmm. And like it was in Japanese, it was basically the same as that. Yeah. Ikuzaba no shoujo. So, girl on the battlefield. Battlefield girl. Mm-hmm. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Which is better. It's more... I guess what I'm saying is, like, I like the efficiency of girl on the battlefield. Mm-hmm. Girl in the yeah. groups of battles, past and present, is... I feel like it, it's like, well, yes, that's what the metaphor was. Thank yes. You. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like more how dramatic. It kind of refers, but... Yeah. I like how it kind of refers to, like, both Winry and Lanfon. Yeah. 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 And also, it's not necessarily even just past and present. It's also, like, within yourself and also, like, Im- internally, emotionally, and physically in Winry's yeah. case. Actually, and probably in both their cases. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I generally agree with that other translation title, I guess. Yeah. Not that this one's horrible or anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it gets the job done just a little a little more explicitly. Honest. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but sometimes you want to leave it open to interpretation, mm-hmm. you know? Well, that was an interesting set of chapters once again. <laughs> yeah. By interesting, I mean just a lot of things happened, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it didn't go the way that I thought. <laughs> it did, mm-hmm. did not go the way that I thought, though, I guess. What way did you think it was going to go? I don't know. I mean, I just thought that... I thought Lanfan was going to be dead. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember what happened. Well, I guess I can just look. I'm trying to remember what happened last time, but I was like, "Oh no!" Well, and like he he yeah, climbed think, up the the lamppost and like yeah, chopped and her. sliced her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think I didn't think she was gonna be dead after that, but I was definitely like, "Did she just kill herself?" Like, that yeah. definitely at that point. So oh yeah, yeah. I guess I didn't think she was gonna be dead. Uh, I just thought she was going to kill herself in that yeah. one scene for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And that's why I was like, oh good <laughs> it's like i never thought i'd be happy to see a severed arm a severed arm tied to a dog but i guess i'm happy <laughs> i was just like lawn fawn can't die i just mm-hmm. got used to liking her we were talking yeah. about that last time mm-hmm. how you're like uh when fear when like uh radley climbs the pole and slices her you're like oh no like it's the first time you're like i do i am attached to love yeah 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 <laughs> But I also just really like her and Ling's kind of, like, relationship in those two mm-hmm. chapters. Yeah, I think these do a lot to, like, really solidify Ling as a, like, a good person. Because, mm-hmm. like, I feel like he's mm-hmm. had bits of, like, kind of suspicious sometimes. But Yeah, especially at the beginning. Yeah. yeah. And, like, I think at this point you're like, all right, I'm, like, mostly on board with him. But I think this is, like, <laughs> what solidifies you. Like, all right, he is a good person with good mm-hmm. intentions and cares about the people he's like responsible for. Yeah. He has yeah. good intentions. He just has a very strong present motivation, I think mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, to retrieve some kind of source of immortality. Yeah. Um, but it seems like Lafon's on board with that too. It's kind of like how we were like Roy is sketchy, but so many people like him. It's kind of like mm-hmm. Ling is the, kind of the same, right? Yeah. Like, like, well, if Lafon likes him, then he must be good. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I think the, um, <laughs> like before he like fully, you know, like, proves himself to be a good and likable character. I think, uh, like, the loyalty that Fu and Lan Fan have toward mm-hmm. him goes a long way to making you, like, trust him to some degree. Yeah. Plus, he did help with Maria Ross, so mm-hmm. he's willing mm-hmm. to help an innocent person for a price, I guess. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was willing to do quid pro quo, quo so mm-hmm. that worked out. 
That's, I mean, that's good enough, right? Yeah. This whole series is about equivalent exchange. You can't get something for nothing. It's not like he's, like, just mm-hmm. giving, giving away free passes to Shin. Like, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I feel like his relationship with Lanfan makes him seem like a better person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Some of the things that yeah. he said in and these chapters. his, like, uh, his idea of, like, leadership. Like, yes. Yeah. He explains yeah. to uh, Bradley. And Bradley, it's interesting because Bradley, as a current leader, is like, your idea of leadership is dumb, and you're dumb. You should feel bad, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> yeah. So there's a strong contrast there, I think. Yeah. It sort of reminds me of, like, the conversation, like, Ed had in the um, in the Desert Crossing where he's talking about, like, maybe I'm naive. And, mm-hmm. like, Breda mm-hmm. was like, yeah, you're really naive, but, you know, that's kind of refreshing. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is, you know, without the – it's kind of refreshing because it's uh, – Because <laughs> Breda. Because <laughs> it <laughs> – yeah, I feel like there's a little bit of a running theme of like the, the like idealistic people, and because we've seen mm-hmm. that also with um, where with Roy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like in the, I think it was last episode when he, you know, refused to give up on Havoc. Yes. And Havoc's yes, like, yeah. there's no way he's gonna like climb to the top in this government being like that. And Reese is like, I think it's okay for someone that idealistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. People with um strong. I guess what I would perceive as like you know, good, morally good values tend to, mm-hmm. and and ambition, I guess, get pretty far in the series. Yeah, so that's definitely something that I think is a value that's portrayed in the series. Mm-hmm. Well, one thing I think is that like that that seems is they are not as not capable, but you know those with the with, that don't have those morals, right? Mm-hmm. Like King Bradley. Right, they can accomplish more, but the ideals and the morals give them the loyalty of other people that, as a team, they kind of can accomplish just as much or more. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And you, I think you kind of see that here when they're greed and if you sorry, you met Fuhrer President King Bradley, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> they're Fuhrer President King, King Emperor. middle name emperor yeah (laughs) I think you kind of see that in the fight he and Greed don't really fight together I mean sorry gluttony Mm -hmm. it's only like the fifth time I've done that Um, it's really Miss Greed I I mean he was pretty rad he had pointy teeth and he had like crazy armor and he was kind of creepy but he was also kind of nice he had a ragtag gang too he he could be seen as a, a leader of sorts yeah. But in the fight with Gluttony and Wrath or slash fear President King Bradley, um, they kinda split up and in the end they're not successful, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like and in the end actually they greed gets yeah, it's like... greed. Fuck. <laughs> Gluttony gets caught. Yeah. So, I mean the one time that they like... were very successful was when they teamed up yeah. and Gluttony popped out from the corner while <laughs> Ling was trying to get in his blind spot. Yeah. Yeah. It's like they have like much greater raw power, but because like Ling and Lan Fan are in sync and care about each other. Yeah. Have a nobler goal to strive toward. They're able to pull it out. Yeah. <laughs> we still don't really know what exactly the homunculi's goal is yet. Mm-hmm. Goals mm-hmm. are, maybe, I don't even know. But, like, they don't seem to fight cohesively. Like, they don't really work together as, like, a unit. Mm-hmm. Like, Gluttony kind of hangs around other people. Like, Gluttony was always with Lust before. Mm-hmm. But, like, Envy's always doing their own thing, and, like, the Fear yeah. is always doing his own thing. Yeah, and we saw, like, Envy, like, bickers with a lot of the other ones. Yeah. And... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
and then we haven't even seen Pride or whatever. Yeah. So. Or Sloth. Or Sloth. Oh, yeah, Sloth is... We saw Sloth, but he was just, uh... Yeah, doing just his own thing also. He was chained up. Somewhere. Yeah, so they kind of, like... Yeah, and then they... Yeah, they isolate Sloth, and they also... Whatever Greed was like, no, I'm out of here. So whatever <sighs> happened back then, pre-canon times. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they, they definitely yeah. don't seem to be a cohesive unit. Mm-hmm. It seems like a lot of them respect the father... Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I think we've seen more success generally from all of the the all of our, our hero types who've who've come together and once they actually mm-hmm. like share information and stuff, they, they tend to do better. Yeah. Scar also fights alone and he hasn't I mean he's he's one offed a bunch of uh alchemists who are by themselves, but he never mm-hmm. seems to be truly successful against um, you know, our protagonists. Yeah, people fighting yeah. as a group. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's a I feel like a good message there. It's when people get alone, that's when they get killed, like Hughes. Mm-hmm. It's like a horror movie. You know, you can never go off by yourself. Yeah. Or a homunculus will come. Gang. Yeah. <laughs> they are kind of like a Scooby gang. <laughs> yeah. Especially at that point in the story, because they were all just like investigating stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, before we talk about the rest of the things that happened, I think we should talk about Hohenheim first, because like, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah, and it was yeah, a yeah. little one off at the beginning of the sort of the chapters, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. Deverick comes back yeah. at this point. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I find that part really interesting because it kind of like both humanizes him more and makes him much more alien. Yeah, it's so weird. Because yeah. like you see him like smiling fondly at his family photo and like talking <laughs> wistfully about you know his children and stuff, but then you know he gets shot a dozen times and doesn't bleed or anything so never, yeah and like he frightened it's like he saved all the people but then they're so frightened of him because he didn't, mm-hmm. didn't get injured at all and yeah. he described himself as a monster mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's pretty interesting yeah I find that to be interesting I mean I think the way that that panel and his way of describing himself is positioned implies that he's also homunculus uh, I don't know that that's true but because he's he's there's like the panel and then it's like i think bradley and then glenn um, von ling and Gut- gluttony. gluttony it kind of like transitions through them but the ones beside him i think are the other homunculi yeah i think it's definitely mistaken. like meant to kind of compare him to like other people who have been called monsters in this series like mm-hmm. which is mostly the homunculi yeah I and mean, even at the end of this chapter lon fawn says like i managed to elude you monsters yeah so. yeah but it's but he's the only one who's like self-described as a monster. So yes, yeah. yeah. I mean, he seems to have a sort of like a human self-awareness to a certain extent. I mean, we saw how weird he was before. Hohenheim mm-hmm. is who I'm talking about specifically. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, he's definitely weird and definitely not quite human. No, uh, <laughs> it's not quite right. But he's doing like a pretty good job, mm-hmm. as opposed to somebody mm-hmm. like Bradley who's like, I don't care about humans. <laughs> yeah. To Link's face, at least. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's intriguing. Well, that, that lead, one of the, the themes that I really enjoy about this, and I, I don't remember, I talked a little bit about it last time, I think, was like immortality and people have it differently and their sort of mm-hmm. perspective on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but we kind of, because we've had the, the homunculi who feel that they are superior the next evolution and that they're better than people, they don't need them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got Ling who wants it, um, but like can't seem to attain it, and like it's sort of a 
every time he, he finds an answer, it's not really what he's looking for. Mm -hmm. And then you've got Al, who has somewhat of an immortal body, again, as a time bomb, but mm -hmm. he finds it as, you know, somewhat of a hindrance, but not a curse, as he said. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then you have Hohenheim, who sees himself as a monster with a seemingly immortal body. Yeah. So um, it's just one of those where it's a nice um, theme to explore mm -hmm. and you it's tackled through many different avenues of immortality and perspectives and things like that. Right. Yeah. I think that also ties in with like another theme we've been seeing a lot of recently, which is like the definition of human. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For sure. Which like has always been a little bit of a concept, but it's been like more explicitly while, you know, we had Al talking about how he's met people who didn't have normal human bodies, but were able to yes. like live fairly normal lives. And then we mm -hmm. had, whole thing with ed wanting to make a grave for the uh the not their mother They're that they transmuted <laughs> and panaco yeah. considering yeah. that his definition of human is really broad because he wants to conti continue to consider al human mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah the exploration of just like what it what it means to be human or what humanity is mm -hmm. i feel like one of the things that's come up recently that's related to that is like the thing that I want to talk about is that we see the people who sort of describe themselves as monsters or have this sort of Im immortality, like Cosmo was talking about, they never die. They have this unnatural sort of like existence in the cycle of life and something that makes, it's something that ties even, you know, characters like Al to the other like quote unquote humans in the story is that they have this expiration time and like, mm -hmm. Ed was specifically talking about how people who've died, who have no ties to life, can't be, they can't be transmuted. Like, they can't be created artificially. So, mm -hmm. I don't really know, I don't have, like, a solid thinking a thing about that, but, like, mm -hmm. it definitely seems like it's something that's related to that idea of what it means to be human. Mm -hmm. I mean, on top of the other things. What it means to be human and what it means to be alive. Yeah, what it means to be alive. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, there's a lot of different perspectives about humanity in this story which is interesting yeah. mm -hmm. and ongoing yes so. yeah i like how some of the things like seem to have kind of a like clear like thesis statement mm -hmm. that like arkao is making but some of them are just kind of like here's a bunch of ideas on a concept mm -hmm. like, yeah 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 <laughs> from yeah. Like, people with different perspectives so yeah there's a lot of scenes i feel like that are like they add up to an overall like feeling in the story or overall kind of like theme or something that's happening like I'm spe specifically thinking in these two chapters of when Winry leaves uh like Gracia and Alicia and is running to where Ed and Al are and is thinking about like her parents leaving and Ed and Al leaving and mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's kind of like capped off by being like why do I always have to wait why is the only thing that I can do wait and stuff at the end of the fight but like there's no she could just run straight to the fight but you have this little like vignette and like her thoughts of thinking about Ed and Al. And it's like, we know she cares about them. So mm -hmm. it's like, mm -hmm. you don't really have to have that. And, and you have this growing like tension because as she's getting closer and closer, the comments that people are making are like more and more uh, like um, not, they're, they're talking about the danger that Ed and Al are in more and more. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So I guess it's all just building up to the tension of her, the scene where she, where she has the gun. But, like, you don't necessarily have to have that in the story. So it's just kind of interesting to get, like, Winry's perspective about mm -hmm. how she feels about the risks they're taking and that her parents yeah. had taken. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. like, um, we were talking about it during, like, all the flashbacks. And they had the little scene with um, 
Winry and Risa when Roy came to yeah. recruit them. Yeah. And we were talking about how, like, like a different manga would probably not bother with that. No. But it was nice that it gave them, like, that moment. And so it's nice that it, like, dedicates his time to, like, Winry's, like, internal, like, I don't know, state of being yeah. right now. Mm-hmm. We kind of talked about before how there are, like, no side characters. Like, Winry's mm-hmm. not just a side character. Like, this is yeah. important character development for her. I guess that's yeah. what mm-hmm. the purpose of that scene is. But yeah, I think all of this, like, learning to accept, not learning to accept accept being worried about them, but but that they need to go and do this thing and they're going to be putting themselves in danger. I feel like that is, and, like, maybe to not be worried about it. I don't know. But she's obviously still traumatized from the loss of her parents. Yeah. And that's yeah. what's coming from like that scene. Like, so. I feel like in a way she probably, like, feels guilty. Maybe. In, on some level. Because, like, she's just, like, watched people leave and not been able to do anything. Where she says, like, why is there nothing I can do but wait? Yeah. And so kind of, like, realizing that, like, like, that's not a bad thing to, like, just, like, be waiting for people. Like, it's not. Yeah. There's definitely something of that. I feel like that's mm-hmm. why she kind of, like, struggles with the gun in the scene with the gun. Mm-hmm. Like, she wants to take control of that feeling, probably. I feel like the you mm-hmm. could interpret it being as, like, like, she wants to avenge her parents or to feel to feel like more in control about the situation with her parents like if she Mm -hmm. takes out the person that she thinks killed them which she didn't confirm as far as i'm concerned just for the record Mm -hmm. so i'm still not convinced eventually did when he's like you you have every right to shoot me or something like that yeah but he didn't say it (laughs) but then he goes on to say like remember you mestrians were the ones who shot first so i think he's more saying like you have the right to be angry with me about what i'm doing i don't Mm. know that does say that like (laughs) anyway you say like so you're the daughter of those doctors, though, which implies familiarity. He knows the situation. That doesn't mean he did it. <laughs> I think that'd be pretty... Uh... <laughs> you, you standing for Scar right now? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not for him in any way. <laughs> what I want it to be, what I want the story to be is that his brother did it, and then he had... But, like, he has his fucking arm attached. Scar has his brother's arm attached to him. I'm 100% <laughs> convinced. I've looked at the the drawing where <laughs> the brother's standing in front of him. Scar's right arm is invisible, but his brother's right arm is, and his brother's right arm has the tattoos, and Scar has a huge scar not only on his face, but also around his, his arm where the top of the tattoo is. So that's my rant about that. <laughs> I'm not saying in any way that he's doing a good thing. <laughs> I can't I can't stand for him. <laughs> At this point, although I think the encounter with Winry, Winry is really interesting. Because mm-hmm. he doesn't attack her. He could have, but he didn't. Yeah. Yeah, he seems like, he seems kind of shaken by both, like, the initial accusation and then having to be face-to-face with Winry. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe he did kill them. Because you, yeah, <laughs> you see his, like, eyes go wide the second Ed says it. Yeah. yeah. Or either of them, like, notice Winry standing there. And then he has this kind of face, like, when she's, like, first saying, like, you killed them and... He kind of like looks away. It like almost looks kind of guilty. He, yeah, he definitely hesitates. He has a very hesitant look. Hold on, I'm trying to find it again mm-hmm. to see if I can describe it better. Um, yep, it's right before he says, "Yeah, he looks kind of like, yeah, I don't know." He's like frowning slightly when he, yeah. before he says, "You're the daughter of those doctors. You have every right to yeah. shoot me." Yeah, it's like not exactly guilt, but it's like. Like, he doesn't have a, like, like comeback for this situation like he has for, like, a justification like he has for everything else. Yeah, he doesn't have a justification for it. Mm -hmm. 
I'm still not convinced that it was him, but it's fine. It's <laughs> fine. You can mock me all you want. I mean, because <laughs> mm-hmm. he didn't. Yeah. So he's like, you've every right to shoot me. I mean, maybe he did do it, but like he didn't actually say it was me. He said, you've every right to shoot me. <laughs> he's like, "Twas I who killed them. <laughs> <laughs> he said, you're those you're the daughter of those doctors. Like, so he could. Yeah. Anyway, I don't want whatever. <laughs> but yeah, he does seem. Yeah, you're right. He doesn't have like a comeback. He doesn't have anything sort of like prepared to deal with this situation. He looks sort of taken aback by the whole situation. Mm-hmm. He's used to people just like straight up fighting him. He's not used to like a random, you know, person that he might be might or might not be accountable for. Um, mm-hmm. the situation they're in threatening him, right? Yeah. He thinks he has the right to go and attack all of the state alchemists. And so far, all the mm-hmm. ones we've seen have been kind of assholes to him. Yeah. Such as Giulio. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right? So, yeah. And I think, like, assuming that he did kill Winry's parents, it's like, like, he doesn't have the same justification for that as no. he does for killing the state alchemist, because he can say, like, oh, well, they, brother like, totally the fucked alchemist. up my people. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. And his but... brother was directly killed by Kimberly, which you didn't even say in your summary, yeah. I noticed. Yeah, I just didn't want to be like, who, by the way, is obviously Kimberly, but um, he's obviously... <laughs> it's obviously like... Kimberly. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, that's horrifying. Uh, that's mm-hmm. not shocking. Yeah. Um... um <laughs> but yeah, like, yeah. as far as, unless, you know, her parents lived the secret assassin double life uh they seem to have you know done nothing but help people mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. war so he does seem kind of guilty but it mm-hmm. to me it looks a little more like just kind of taken aback like yeah he doesn't there's no justification yeah but then he's like once you attack me you'll be my enemy too so mm-hmm. which makes sense i mean if someone shoots at you you can <laughs> you can attack yeah. them i guess yeah. but but yeah it's kind of interesting how uh when he's putting a gun at him and he does nothing Mm-hmm. You would think that even that situation, he would. Yeah, it's like do he's something, like, but... like giving her the chance to take that shot. Mm-hmm. Like he, mm-hmm. like she deserves that chance to take it. I guess. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of his way of thinking, so that would make sense. Mm-hmm. It's not like he gave like Risa a chance to shoot him either. You know, yeah. like yeah, yeah. When when there's clearly a threat, he it's not like he leaves room for chance. But mm-hmm. could be that maybe he's sort of trying to if if she shoots it sort of justifies it right like yeah um you, you know ve- vengeance is justified mm-hmm. something along those lines right like when you he gets validation i guess if, yeah. if she ends up pulling the trigger and he's sort mm-hmm. of waiting to sort of see where i guess she stands on that is she a better person than him yeah. something along those lines could be yeah, because it, like, brings up the whole, like, cycle of vengeance thing that was first brought up by his master. Like, it brings it up explicitly, and yes. he also, like, talks about it. But, like, his point of view on it is, like, almost like it becomes a justification. Like, his master was like, you should stop because it just keeps going. Whereas uh-huh. he's like, well, that's just how it is, so. Yeah, so this person's see, vengeance you wanna is. take you want to take vengeance, too, see? Yeah, see? See? Yeah. It's, vengeance is natural. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does kind of seem like that. He's, like, he's waiting for her to do it. It's like, it is, it if she shoots... It is justification. I think you're right, Cosm. Mm-hmm. It is yeah. um, um, validation of his mm-hmm. feelings. His path. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I feel like this whole like thing has kind of like the whole encounter is a little bit about like kind of shaking up his like his own like internal like justifications of stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like like we don't see how he's dealing with it afterward, but like you know, obviously, like dealing with Winry is kind of 
put him on the back foot. And mm-hmm. then um, he's obviously really thrown by Ed throwing himself bodily in front of Winry to protect Oh, yeah, because he, yeah, he had an easy kill, and he didn't mm-hmm. take that either. So yeah. he didn't. And, yeah, and he remembers his brother doing the same thing, So which obviously mm-hmm. was touching for him. So, yeah. Th- yeah, it, it it is really interesting. He had m- multiple easy chances to kill Edward, even though Edward mm. wasn't directly involved in the war anyway. He just has a a blanket policy against <laughs> state alchemists. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah, definitely the Winry pointing the gun at him and Ed protecting her at his own, you know, full risk were both things that stopped him from continuing the fight. So mm-hmm. continuing to attack them specifically. Yeah. At the end of the fight when he or like, you know, the end of the, the time that we saw where he was still talking to Al, he was still like, so you're still OK with alchemy? Like, it's still cool and whatever. And Al says that he mm-hmm. wants to believe we don't really get like Scar's perspective, but he does seem a little bit shaken up after the encounter earlier encounter. He seems a little mm-hmm. different. I don't know. Yeah. He's more like chatty, for lack of a better yeah. word. Like he seems like he's like. He's engaging like, with Al about his opinion yeah like, yeah, like engaging yeah. in the like the actual like philosophies at play here right rather than just being like go to God yeah that's true like he's mostly been before yeah, yeah. earlier we just see him show up and be like you're dead now mm-hmm. even at the beginning of this fight he's just like it will be over as soon as you accept it or yeah whatever. Yeah. well with Julio he's I don't not, think like, he said engaging with any other accusations he didn't say anything right later. except maybe threats I don't know yeah I, I don't, I don't remember. Yeah, I don't think he really said anything. Yeah. Not like, Julio said that. a bunch of crap. There was a lot of dialogue, but yeah. I don't think it was scars. Yeah. yeah. It was a very one-sided conversation. <laughs> mm-hmm. Julio and his mustache. Yeah, all he does is confirm who he is and then say, you know, his little thing about, like, killing all the state alchemists, basically. Yeah. So, yeah, he is more talkative. He's engaging with Al mm-hmm. in this discussion. Yeah. So that's interesting. That is different. Yeah, I don't know. It was a weird, weird scar fight. I mean, it's not over yet, but yeah, mm-hmm. it has taken a turn. I think. Yeah. So, um, something that occurred to me too is as we were talking about people with like ideals and ambition, I guess Scar is sort of the outlier of that, right? Like he, I mean, granted they're not the best ideals, but he definitely has strong ideals, and he sticks to them, and like he's a person of action no. but the difference is that he doesn't have allies yeah that's true he, I mean, well except for um really. you know yeah. may i mean but, he's, ter- but, he, he, he's, he's terrified yoki into following him and may doesn't yeah. know what's going on yet but yeah <laughs> yeah that's right they're they're allies but they're not in the fight so yeah, he, yeah he's on his own i mean he doesn't they yeah they don't work as a team right but i guess mm-hmm. we're talking about how like those characters tip and typically have people that are loyal to them yeah no you're right and i mean we kind of don't have that i mean yeah, it's not a very like idealistic ideal though, which is like that's true. It's just like what we see most of the people. It's a very pessimistic. It's kind of a <laughs> checklist, true. you know. Yeah. It's like I must kill all these people. Like, what is his eventual goal? We don't know. Like, that's true. You know, like it's not like he has an ambition. It kind of feels like he just has a, like a task. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Kind of reminds me of like, um, you know, like Kill Bill. She's getting vengeance by killing all the people. Mm. This is like, it's actually the same. Now that I think about it. <laughs> Come to think of it. <laughs> Quick, someone draw, someone draw Scar in the yellow. In the yellow. <laughs> He's well built, so is Uma Thurman. 
I can't get over him being described as well built. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a really hot as you've all admitted. <laughs> Stark wearing, <laughs> wearing a yellow jumpsuit. <laughs> uh. <laughs> so I was like, who wrote this bulletin? Yeah. It was actually Mei Chang. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh. He's seeking the other, also equally as extremely hot full metal alchemist. Yeah. <laughs> it's like see my see my fanfiction for further details. Yeah, really. <laughs> I have a whole Tumblr dedicated to this. <laughs> but like she basically in, in Kill she just has like a list, she's crossing them off the list, all the people who wronged her. Is this like the equivalent of like Scar doing that where he's just like he knows all the alchemists that he's like hunting down and he's just systematically hunting them down one by one. Mm-hmm. Right? Like it's not mm-hmm. There's nothing beyond that. Like, what is his goal? We don't really yeah. know. It's not like he's trying to, like, be like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to restore, you know, like, um, the, like, Yeah, like, he's not trying to make things better for his people. No, no, no. Exactly. So yeah. it's not to say, like, he's yeah, not, like, trying true. to, yeah. you know, like, Ling is trying to get immortality so that he can gain favor and raise the status oh. of his people, right? Mm-hmm. Scar is just, like, I have a personal vendetta against the state alchemist he uses their actions in the civil war to justify it but he's not trying to be like i want to restore you know like glory to ishvala or to ishval i i'm trying to gain power for my people or something so yeah he Mm -hmm. does have a a mission i agree with you but i don't think it's Mm -hmm. the same i don't think we're meant to interpret it in the same way that's for sure yeah no you've got a point yeah Mm. i mean i think if anything like you could say that his ideals are the followings of ishval that he for so for for shook for for sook never yeah oh yeah 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 that one it, it has to be uh like perf- past perfect or whatever <laughs> i think for sook is technically a word but, um... <laughs> yeah but it's stupid obviously i mean you heard me say it <laughs> yeah but he but yeah i guess I think his, like, actions are somewhat rooted in the values of Ishval in such that he casts off his name and he casts off his possessions or whatever, but, like, mm-hmm. those are tangential to his yeah. desire I to I think he's kill. following the belief system, but not really the, like, the, like, actual rules, which is why he's, like, casting off his name. Uh-huh. He's saying they're, like, like, because I'm, like, I don't know, sinning according to Ishvala, I have to, like, cast out my name in order to continue this, mm-hmm. like, vengeance quest. Oh, yeah, that's true. Because their names are sacred. Yeah. As stated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Al is also, Al also directly questions this in the chapter, so you can also interpret that from the text a little bit, too. Where he's like, mm-hmm. you're using God's name to, as, like, justification for, essentially, for murder. And Scar's like, mm-hmm. no. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> or he's he doesn't really have a response to that. Yeah, he doesn't really respond to that. He just talks about... Uh... It, well, he sasses back, and he's like, how can you, alchemist, be, you're not any better. Like, that's yeah. really his... Yeah. There isn't a justification, mm-hmm. either. His justification doesn't have a further justification. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's basically just like, because. Yeah. Because he has a personal vendetta, and he doesn't want to admit it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he forsook his values. <laughs> yeah. I feel like he probably, like, wouldn't know what to do with himself if he stopped trying to kill state alchemists, so... Like, yeah, he would be in a refugee camp doing what? Like, he doesn't have his brother. He doesn't sound like he has his family. He doesn't have... His mm-hmm. master's still around. Like, go be connected to him. But, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. 
Yeah, like, I don't know. What does he do after? Theoretically, after he kills all the alchemists, then what? Like, then what happens? Mm-hmm. The military still exists. Like, there is nothing better. There's no better yeah. coming from mm-hmm. this. So. I mean, they're constantly recruiting. <laughs> They'll get more alchemists. Yeah, yeah, that's true. They Especially have they children. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not if he keeps killing them. Yeah, I guess. Anyway, I don't know. So Scar, it's he's interesting. But this fight was particularly interesting because it was a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there anything more to say about Winry? We talked about Winry in the gun scene a lot already, or a bit already, I guess. Mm-hmm. Other than that, well, I we like didn't really it. talk about the like resolution. Of oh, it. that's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which is another, I guess I kind of combined them in one, but like another of my favorite scenes in the series. Yes. Is, um, the whole thing is good. Like the, it's the two mm-hmm. parts together as one scene yeah. is good. Yeah. Yeah. So Ed, Ed protects her physically mm-hmm. from Scar and he, mm-hmm. well, actually, I don't know. I mean, he wasn't really, I guess, was Scar about to attack her or he, no, no, Scar was attacking no. Ed. Yeah. Yeah. I think but he was, he was, he was trying to get her to put the gun down yes. so that... Yeah, I think that... he's protecting her physically from Scar and, like, kind of... Yeah, from herself. Uh, emotionally from herself yes. by mm-hmm. keeping her from shooting. Yes. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, in that case, he he didn't even have to really... Scar only goes after them in that position because Ed is there, right? Like, he necessarily mm-hmm. have to physically protect her, but he, he I think, Cosmo, you were about to say, he kind of puts himself on the line to protect Winry from herself, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which I'll test us for after, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I think that Scar wasn't even really paint like he's going after Ed. Yeah, he doesn't see her as a threat. And like, yeah, mm-hmm. and like he doesn't realize what what his intentions are. Mm-hmm. So he was going to attack, and then notices what like where he ended up and what he was doing. Right. Yeah. Yeah, he was when we was about to shoot. Scar started attacking mm-hmm. Ed again. Ed jumped over him. Yeah. And then forced her to put the gun down. Scar had the opportunity to attack ed and blow his face off but he didn't because it reminded him of his brother as we discussed so but yeah the scene where ed after after al lures scar away or scar makes his little escape and al chases him or whatever whichever Mm -hmm. happens i can't remember exactly but Mm -hmm. the scene where ed slowly delicately pries the gun out of her hand Mm -hmm. and tells her that her hands were meant to save people not kill them Mm -hmm. is really touching oh Yeah. yeah And then he gives her his coat, which is the most important thing that, and most important mm-hmm. romantic gesture that anyone can do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Obviously, mm-hmm. it's like uh, yeah, it's... punching someone's shoulder or putting delicately putting your coat over them, one or the other. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's a really like, like it's a you know horrible emotional moment, but it's like really sweet like moment within that. Yeah, and like among everything, I like I really like that Ed says like, "You gave me an arm and a leg so yeah. I can stand up again." Like it's like. Like, I think we, like, know he's grateful for that, but it's the first time he's, like, really, like, said out loud, like, how grateful he is for, mm-hmm. like, what she does for him. Yeah, I think it's one of the mm-hmm. first times that they, like, they obviously have a connection and they talk about stuff. They talked about Hughes, and by say talk, I mean, like, about emotional stuff, not just, like, what's happening or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They did talk about, like I said, they talked about Hughes a little bit, but this is the first time they talked about their own relationship, right? Like, that yeah. we've seen. Yeah, I mean, not not the, at least this deep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, not like we're chums. It's you yeah. know, mm-hmm. we've known each other for a long time. You have these memories that I don't have, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. we saw that, but yeah, this is the first time where he he also acknowledged all the things that she's capable of. Rinri's mm-hmm. upset because she wasn't able to to fire the gun. Or at least that's kind of like what it seems like at the end of the fight. She's like, yeah. I couldn't do it, but he's yeah. like, mm-hmm. but you can do all these other things. You save people's lives. 
mm-hmm. you saved my life mm-hmm. you know perhaps most importantly of all to him so yeah yeah so in very few words i feel like he accurately or not accurately but skillfully sort of like talked her down yeah mm-hmm. which is interesting because we don't really see ed act like that a lot like he's kind of hot-headed and mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> and like grumpy and sassy yeah mm-hmm. and it's like even leading up to that you can see like there's so many like panels where he's like i don't what do i do yeah like yeah well how could you <laughs> have any idea what yeah <laughs> Like, uh, sorry you couldn't kill your parents' murderer, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Did they make a Hallmark card for that? <laughs> you know they do, somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It, yeah. you know. That's like how part of, like, when Winry's saying, like, I couldn't do it. It's not just, like, couldn't take vengeance. It's also, she's like, like, this guy is actively, like, trying to hurt Ed and Al, mm-hmm. too. And so she's like, that feels like another reason, like, she feels like she should have been able to mm-hmm. shoot him. But. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not who she is. No. Yeah. And Ed knows that, and he told her that. Mm-hmm. That's what's great. Mm-hmm. That's what makes a good friend. Slash love interest, mm-hmm. in this case. <laughs> <laughs> and I won't stop saying it. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, yeah, I don't know. It's just something... What he ends up saying to her is just a very, um, I feel like, emotionally intelligent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's not like we haven't... Ed has, like, deep feelings and thoughts. It's not like he's all, like, all, you know, huffy and no... Mm-hmm. And all sassy with no deeper emotions. He has them. It's just, like, mostly not... It's like he, they're very internal. Like, all the stuff that he was dealing with when he was talking... He didn't want to talk to Pinaco about all the things that he was, like, feeling when they were digging up the grave, mm-hmm. obviously. But it was mm-hmm. happening. Like, you can see it. Yeah. yeah. You know, as evidenced by the constant vomiting and shaking (laughs) yeah (laughs) and he feels really bad about the situation al's in like he has all these he has an emotional depth it's just not expressed toward other people that often other even than al a little bit but yeah and i think Mm -hmm. maybe the phone call with izumi yeah yeah but like yeah you really don't see it very often yeah yeah so it's special special and delicate is what i'm saying Mm -hmm. and it's nice I don't yeah. know why the scene, like essentially, what happens is when we when we point, what happens is when we points the gun, Ed stops her and puts it down. Like that's what actually happened in the scene. But there's something about it that really like, I feel really emotionally connected to Winry. Like I I don't know why I just really like Winry in this scene. Mm-hmm. Like, in a in a scene where she actually does very little except express her frustration, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I don't know what it is about it. it just makes me like her even more like I don't really know how to, I don't know I, f- I feel weird I looked back at it and I was like I loved this scene and then I was like but why <laughs> you know mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah, as he I said mean, like like we were talking about how like you know like Arka dedicates the time to like her like internal thoughts yeah. like leading up to this it's just like like she's allowed to like have these like strong feelings and reactions to things mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they're like you know like treated seriously they're not like positive emotions or just worrying mm-hmm. about ed which is yeah, mostly what like... we've seen from her mm-hmm. mostly worrying about ed now also that first panel when she like picks up the gun and is like 
wide-eyed and the tears streaming down her face mm-hmm. like i love that panel it's just so like oh, yeah. visceral yes the one like right before the end. So, is it the end of the chapter or like cuts away yeah, somewhere else yeah previous chapter yeah, yeah it's great mm-hmm. what were you gonna say thousand well i think another reason that it is so striking is that again you have scar who is sort of the the contrast right the the one who did fire back mm-hmm. and just sort of standing there and like like especially with the where he's over ed and winry like i don't know it's just a very menacing sort of monstrous kind of pose right he's standing over them about to strike down yeah. and like it's just i don't know i think um throughout the whole yeah exchange it's very it's very emotional and like you sort of see the the rage from scar as sort of like a, a foreshadow of what would happen if maybe she did yeah that's true yeah they are like comparable in mm. that scene yeah i think that is why he's taking it back we kind of talked about that but... yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's probably it's probably the first time he's really seen that like grief and desire for vengeance like from the other side mm-hmm. yeah from somebody else not from just inside mm-hmm. himself self-reinforcing yeah. his own goal mm-hmm. i wonder if this is also the first time he had to take like a, like a serious look at his actions because like you know he was talked about his with his teacher uh, but he just kind of brushed that off mm-hmm. but th- he's finally like stopped and sort of looked at what he's doing Mm-hmm. which we don't see anywhere else and presumably mm-hmm. he hasn't had to do until now i would say yeah 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 because he's just kind of like no no don't do that mm-hmm. as opposed to actually seeing someone do the thing that he's doing yeah because yeah. like we have him like looking like surprised when winry points the gun at him while he's like remembers his teacher's words mm-hmm. like he's like, like oh, oh shit, he was this right. is what it, <laughs> this is what he meant yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have any other things to say about those about Winry and Ed, or just that it's great? I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we talked a little bit about um, her with uh, seeing the people walk away and sort of how that made her feel mm-hmm. with Ed and her parents, and that's also sort of what Ed's experience was with his dad. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, and. I don't know. I, w- I was trying to come up with sort some sort of thought as because you know the previous episode she saw Ed and Al walking back and she you know thought about how broad his shoulders has gotten and how like mature he's become mm-hmm. and now she's looking at it l- like her perspective of that of that time has changed right like she, at the time that's what she had one thought of it now she sees it differently mm-hmm. and. Unfortunately, I, I didn't really come up with anything great as to sort of, <laughs> well, I don't know what that could be, like anything other than, you know, the potential of losing them, you know? Yeah, I think I there's some, um, I think there's a bit of like two recurring themes that are like kind of combined here with Winry, but have like emerged like throughout the series. Mm-hmm. And one is mm-hmm. like, like the whole idea of like people's backs has come up before, both in yeah. like, like we've seen it with like you said with the previous chapters of her like noticing like Ed's like maturity mm-hmm. everything and then her like watching 
you know, people's backs as they leave her. And then we also have, um, like with Roy and Risa, there's a whole thing where he says like he's entrusting his back to her. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Mm, that's true. That's so, a good point. That's just kind of a like concept that kind of repeats in the series. Um, and also the idea of like people like waiting for people. Yes. Like, either yeah. being like left behind or choosing to wait for people. That is a hundred percent. Some kind of a theme or like a what do you call it? It's definitely a recurring like element mm-hmm. in a lot of mm-hmm. parts of the story. Yeah. 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 I was like, oh, what about when Hohenheim left? But that was facing forward. <laughs> wasn't in back. But. Yeah, but I mean, there's like the whole... Well, their promise, like, I guess. Yeah, their promise, and like Ed was griping about how like like she was waiting for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. About his mother. And he's like just a little longer. Yeah, a couple of my favorite ones are about to come up, but haven't come <laughs> up yet, so... Well, we'll see then, won't we? <laughs> the, I think like the, the takeaway from this for Winry... Yeah, it's like it's not like she's waiting for them, but she's more like she has their backs, right? She like she's always Ed says to her, she gave him an arm and a leg. She's mm-hmm. supporting them in their goals, yeah. even though it, for, to her it feels like waiting for something bad to happen to them. Yeah, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, another thing where the concept comes up is um, like when Panaco talks about how she's like, oh, I have people to wait for. Like not gonna, yeah, not gonna <laughs> leave because oh yeah yeah that house is you know, gotta be a place for people to come home to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely like a running motif, at least. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I feel like there's a lot of like themes in Film Alchemist that are like on their way to being formed, like at this point. <laughs> well, we're not even halfway through yet, right? Uh, no, not quite. Not quite. Uh, yeah. So, there's still, mm-hmm. we don't even know what the real plan is yet with the homunculi. Like, there's still a lot of like things up in the air. Yeah. So it would make sense yeah. that there are some themes that are building at this mm-hmm. point. This is like really one of the first. I mean, we saw like Winry, the scene where Winry delivered the baby, and a bit about Winry's time in. Um, well, there was like little hints, you know, that she's doing her apprenticeship and stuff. But like, mm-hmm. this is one of the more extensive times that we spent with Winry, right? Mm-hmm. Like all these scenes yeah. in Central, like combined. This one and then the yeah. the ones before, like with Al when Ed's gone, stuff like that. So it makes sense that kind of like her the themes that revolve around her and her growth haven't happened yet. They're like, they're just developing, right? So, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Anyway, that's <laughs> that's my rant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she has been like hanging out for a while. I like how... She's been around for a while. <laughs> yeah, we've talked about it before, but I like how, like, like she keeps coming back and not just, mm-hmm. like, as a, like, oh, we'll drop by Risenbull to get <laughs> our body parts repaired and then head off back to the main story. It's like, like she comes back like a couple different times mm-hmm. so far and like doing things she has her own as things. part of the like plot mm-hmm. and doing her own things also. Yeah. So like yeah. almost shooting people, for example. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Very important. Yeah. I would say. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about Lanfan and Ling? Yeah, yeah. We kind yes. of talked about them a little bit, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. Like we were saying before, I definitely thought that Lanfan was killing herself. Yeah. But instead she just cut off her arm like a badass. Mm-hmm. I mean it's horrifying, but it's better than her killing herself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that like that lead up scene, like where it seems like she's gonna like sacrifice herself to uh let Ling move forward. Mm-hmm. It's like like the way like the way she just kinda smiles when he says he's not gonna leave her behind and like I know, it's so nice. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. She's like, just leave me and he's like, No. Mm-mm. He keeps saying like a king 
can't exist without his people but i think what he really means is like yeah you can't like do things you can't you can't you can't just sacrifice your 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 like pe- people who you care about you yeah yeah and you can't do things alone like we were kind of talking about yeah like he mm-hmm. can't accomplish his goal he knows that without allies he can't accomplish his goals of you know mm-hmm. raising the yao people's status and also finding some kind of immortality thing in a mm-hmm. yeah you were but... kind of joking earlier about like greed kind of being a leader too mm-hmm. but it's like it actually just reminded me of like when Bradley's fighting with him and he taunts him about like yeah. feeling like pity for the pawns yeah. when he gets upset at his like little followers yeah. like getting killed. Yeah, I might have been kind of joking, but I was serious. It's like he is yeah. he is actually <laughs> a good leader. And at least in terms of what we see in the at least I think what how we're meant to interpret what good leadership is in this story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> if that yeah. makes sense. He's gotten, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well he's another example of like people as like very loyal followers. And he he cares yeah. about them. Yeah. He was upset when, when mm-hmm. Martel got stabbed and whatever mm-hmm. and yeah. to know that all of his his um the devil's nest, all the chimeras were, were mm-hmm. slaughtered and stuff. Like yeah, he mm-hmm. wasn't happy about that. Yeah. And yeah, Bradley made fun of him, which kinda of makes sense because now he said to to Ling, like he's fine with just leaving, you know, his comrades or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's how he's gotten far is just by by climbing alone, I guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know. But uh, I don't know that that will continue to be successful based on the messages that we're seeing mm-hmm. in the story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I also like how like before we see that Longfon's still alive, like like Ling comes back like with a vengeance into that fight, right? Like like he is super motivated at that point. Like <laughs> I know mm-hmm. you're talking about when he jumps out of the sewer, or mm-hmm. okay, yeah. First of all, he's shirtless, and Ling is also well built. Yes, <laughs> well, man. Shinies, I guess. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> with a with a large appetite and a penchant for fainting in the street would be the bulletin yeah. about him. <laughs> but yeah, no, I was like, wow, Ling is like really. First of all, Ling, we've seen him fight, but like, I feel like this is the most like tactical fight that he's been in against like the Fear and Scar mm-hmm. and Gluttony. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think feel like we got to actually yeah. see him be like impressive. Normally, we oh, constantly yeah. you're talking about how there's some characters in the series who are more like I don't know, like comic relief, or they're a little more lighthearted, or they're more mm-hmm. they they kind of like seem a little dumb. Like Ling is kind of like that, but he's obviously very capable oh, and yeah. very loyal, as mm-hmm. we saw in this chapter. So it was nice to see him yeah. really. They had their fight before. We talked before about how it seemed like they had fought together before and they knew each other well yeah. and stuff like and trusted each other. Um, but this time was, I think, even more so, demonstrating those mm-hmm. things. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, the fact that he's just carrying her the entire the whole time. time and yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, Bradley's right; he would have a better chance of getting away if he just left her. But he's not going to just leave her because he's Ling, and she's Lanfan. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and it's love. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> I don't know if it's love. It's something. <laughs> Maybe it's love. <laughs> I mean, I love Lanfan, so <laughs> it's like who's not in love? Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah. I think Ling is too single-mindedly. Very yes, they have. I. <laughs> you could. You could. You could write me a, a Ling Lanfan fanfic, and I would accept it. But <laughs> they seem like they're more like dedicated, you know, like friends, and they share a, a mutual cause. Mm-hmm. Um, and he yeah, they, they care about her. Like, he cares about her deeply. But yeah, there's yeah. definitely some like serious loyalty there, mm-hmm. and they're also like have a mutual like dedication to the same like mm-hmm. cause and yeah, i don't know why i think that roy and like, Lisa are, like this... and i should be an item but i don't think that ling and lafon should be yeah. i don't know why i can't <laughs> put them together 
Well, sorry, what were you going to say with something serious? <laughs> They're a little, um, I think Roy and Reese are a little more like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, I was about to say codependent. <laughs> yeah. I was like, they can't, he can't, she can't be in a room without him for more than 10 minutes. I don't know, you know, <laughs> anyway. And like everybody yeah, in the military like she, joked like, about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, Roy's more dependent on her too, I guess. <laughs> they are codependent. Yeah, and like emotionally too, like in yeah. the like. Mm-hmm. Like they both like freak the fuck out when the other one isn't. Yeah, danger. I mean Ling was like, whereas, worried like, about Lanfan. Like they're like but... Ling's worried, but he's able to keep a clear head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep doing what he does. Like the fact that he's able to like leave her in the sewer, missing an arm. Yes, and continue. <laughs> great with his idea, goal. by the way. Yeah, even, so yeah. great. Yeah. Even though he's obviously you know pissed and in a hurry now yes. when he gets back to the to the fight. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean he has. Yes, he has. It's not <laughs> like he just left her to fend for herself which would be the other end of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. He didn't forget about her, but he was like, okay, like you can handle yourself for like 10 minutes while I go take care of this other shit. Like, yeah, yeah, it wasn't like Risa just like completely emptying every single gun she had into lust. Yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't like Roy being- or Roy being driving like... right into the middle of the yes. fight. <laughs> <laughs> and exposing himself yes. to, <laughs> to the- To the, to the homunculi. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, I feel like we've definitely seen their sort of like- definitely um emotional decision making based mm-hmm. around each other but mm-hmm. i guess yeah. i don't really get that vibe from ling and lan fan mm-hmm. at this mm-hmm. point you never know it, it might be that i've watched too much anime <laughs> but i feel at least <laughs> at least i think she has feelings for him maybe i would say that's possible i think you can yeah. i think you, you can get that, that from her like like during the first uh, when fight like, when they're first introduced ed realizes yeah. that talking smack about ling like pisses her off and makes yeah. her like fight cleanly yeah and i think she's also kind of trying to be impressive it, around him like she was all upset when her mask was broken she was kind of like blushing she was like embarrassed yeah it mm-hmm. was like even like half covering her face yeah. with her collar even though like the only ones around were ling and foo, ling and foo who've probably mm-hmm. seen her face before probably go out on the yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean they're constantly eating so yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah i there's definitely something about her action. It might be too much anime, but mm. that's the conditioning that we're supposed to get by watching a bunch of anime <laughs> and manga, right? Now we understand the medium better. Isn't that how it works? Yeah. There's like one thing yeah. that's speaking I think of it's which, less like <laughs> one thing that's really. I think oh, it's sorry, a little less like. Yeah, I think it's a little less like you're meant to ship this than like Ed and Winry and Roy and yeah. Risa, but yeah. but I could can ship it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can. I can be talked into it. Um, what was I gonna say? Oh, I was just gonna say you you mentioned a couple times people being like despondent or whatever, and they're like the imagery in the actual comic is them growing mushrooms, and you never mentioned it. <laughs> but I was like, this is a trope that only people who yeah. read a lot of manga or watch a lot of anime will understand, <laughs> mm-hmm. or won't be like, why mushrooms? You know? Yeah. <laughs> I love the gag in Oran where Tamaki's like actively farming mushrooms yes. when he's upset <laughs> rather than them just like growing on. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what I was thinking of when these. Mm-hmm. Uh, seeing them in these panels which I thought was really funny I can't remember exactly there was a couple at least there's definitely been one I think there's one was Ed anyway the point is uh, it. Yeah. the point is we've been conditioned <laughs> but yeah I like the bit of like like I wasn't sure how to say it and not sound silly but the fact that like Ling doesn't have his shirt anymore when he first mm-hmm. shows back up and then mm-hmm. we see Lon Fon like, in the sewer and she's got it like wrapped around her yeah injury, I didn't so. realize that until you said it I was just like wow Ling shirtless mm-hmm. that's weird <laughs> and I like didn't think about it yeah um but yeah obviously obviously he would do that yeah because i was like it's relevant clothes like Like, that's (laughs) i mean i guess they could have torn off her other sleeve or something but yeah no 
Yeah, it is relevant. Yeah. I mean, he was carrying like, her. Yeah, I think Maybe they should... are in love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think yeah, I mean, he, that, like... he gave her a jacket. Yes, I know. Yeah. <laughs> he wrapped it around her. <laughs> oh, Cosm, you're right. I've been too exposed. <laughs> and now I can't unsee it. You know, I don't think that Ling re- realized it, though, because he's too he's too focused on his t- determination to become mm-hmm. to raise the status of his people. I don't think he even wants to become the next emperor. It's like he wants to improve the chances of and the status of his people, mm-hmm. of his clan. Yeah, I don't think he necessarily wants like the power. I think he just like that's the only way he sees to like keep his people in some yeah. kind of power, like, in some kind of like you know safe status. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, we have no idea what the all the politics of of Shin are, but it doesn't sound like mm-hmm. you know they Fu said that it was a great place and that Maria Ross would be taken care of and stuff. But there's a lot of politicking going on. And I'm not sure mm-hmm. that that's great, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, she won't be involved. No. She's a foreigner. <laughs> it's great if so. you don't care about politics. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe it's great if you're not responsible for the fate of your whole clan, perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, no. The- <laughs> but yeah, I think that shows the, like, like what we were talking about, the, like, like they've got extreme, like, loyalty toward each other, but are able to, like, think clearly and move ahead. Because it's, like, you obviously, like, she cut her arm off to kind of force the issue because otherwise he wasn't going to do anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was just yeah. going to keep carrying her um, and they yeah. didn't really have another plan. Um, but like, so. Yeah, but like once that was done, it's like, he was like, okay, we'll, obviously this is off screen, but obviously it was like, okay, we'll, we'll tie the arm find to your wound, joke. get you somewhere safe, and then I'll go back and finish this. Let's make a diversion using your st- arm stump. And yeah. <laughs> which worked out really well for them in the end. That was actually great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When they revealed that, when that part is revealed, I was like, oh shit. That's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> the dog was just walking around, like mm-hmm. being a dog. There was a lot of really gross dismemberment this, this time. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's uh, it's been zero days since <laughs> my last child dismembered. How old do you think? <laughs> Monmon's probably a teenager <laughs> too, right? Ling is fifth. Ling is fifteen. Yeah, they're all they're all youthful. Yeah. All of them. Who <laughs> so is fifteen too? <laughs> He's like I've always looked like this. I was born with a must a gray mustache. <laughs> How long have you been fifteen? <laughs> Every day that I can make a Twilight joke, <laughs> or that I can hear a Twilight joke, it pleases me. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but she, yeah, she's pretty young too. So yes, and greed. Oh, greed! Wow, fuck. Gluttony is kind of like a child too. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, oh sure, yeah, he got. I'm not sure if dismembered is a strong enough word for what happened to him. He got blown in half. Yeah. Yeah. He got chopped in half. He's been cut in half multiple times in this yeah. story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's he like, got blown it's really up. gross. Like, it's so gross. <laughs> yeah, because oh, yeah, can't yeah. you see kind of like the top, like looking down inside? Yeah, you can see like his spine yeah. sticking up out of it. Muscles and, like, and crap. His arm is blown off. And you oh, can see like disgusting. his jaw, his like bottom jaw. Oh, yeah. That reminded me of yeah. <laughs> my nightmare that I had where my jaw fell. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's exactly oh, like that. No. Haven't we talked about this before? Yeah. I thought we Scar gets abs- yeah, Scar gets absolutely sprayed with blood, which is kind of funny to me. Like yeah. the other ones seem to manage to mostly dodge it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, Gluttony was going after him, so Gluttony was probably closest to him. Yeah. So it makes sense, but it's also like jokes on you for getting involved in this fight in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. It's like he's not saying anything out loud, but internally he's like, ew, 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 oh. ew. <laughs> yeah, it was, I mean it's disgusting. At least Wonder wasn't there for that. Yeah. That that's good. I mean, we only saw it in like still frame, you know? We don't have to be yeah. there. And not yeah, in color. Yeah. And not color. Yeah. <laughs> no smell. No sound. No. <laughs> yeah. Awful. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, horrifically, it would probably smell good. You think? Oh, like burned meat. <laughs> yeah, probably. 
but so much goo like bloody yeah. goo i guess it really just smells bad after though yeah i don't know mm. whatever i wouldn't know i'm not i don't i you wouldn't know you haven't blown up half of a homunculus man-sized child homunculus before <laughs> <laughs> he's the size of like two men probably yeah Mm-hmm. yeah i don't know there's something about him that's like extra disgusting when he's like blown up and like mm-hmm. also just the way mm-hmm. that's drawn like on the top like where it's kind of like frayed out because of the explosion is also yeah. disgusting the whole yeah. thing is gross but yeah but it's a brilliant plan from ling it's great yeah use his, uh... <laughs> looking at scar's face while he's looking at it <laughs> <laughs> scar this is what you signed up for with your vengeance yeah. You want to get involved with all state alchemists? Like, don't you know they're all like neck deep in homunculi in the military? Like, geez. See, this is what you're doing to the inside. You don't see yeah, really. it. Yeah, Their body yeah. mostly intact. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is a good game. I mean, a good yeah. plan, not a good yeah. game. To like use the like regeneration against them. Yep. Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah, it was a good plan like... to use the re- regeneration yeah. against them and to tie them up specifically. Mm-hmm. I don't know our car personally, but I feel like she had fun drawing that. <laughs> well, she could make jokes about her own characters being able to carry swords in their butts. So, like, yeah, yeah probably. She was probably like, and then the spine. I'll show the spine. I'll show a little bit of yeah. this and a little bit of that. But, like, how gross can I make this and still publish in uh, whatever Shonen <laughs> Shonen Jump. Or whatever came out in. Or I can't remember which one it came out in. Yeah. I feel like she's also stepping up the 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 grossness of the injuries gradually mm-hmm. these are the two mm-hmm. lanfon's dismembered arm and uh, or like amputated arm and then gluttony being like blown up in half those mm-hmm. are the two grossest like injuries that we've seen so far i feel like like we've seen a lot of gross injuries <laughs> yeah but it's just like getting stepped up more and more <laughs> yeah we've seen a lot of like gore because of like the last couple chapters had the like izumi's failed human transmutation at Nilesfield Human mm-hmm. Transportation. Mm-hmm. Like the fight scene with Lust was probably the last time that there was like a significant mm-hmm. amount of kind of yeah. carnage. But it, it didn't hit the same way for sure. No, not mm-hmm. the same as somebody getting blown up in half. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Lust got burned. Um, like we kind of saw her as like a fireball and then she kind of like had the alchemy pixely texture and then just like faded away. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Like her her like regeneration around like Roy's hand. Oh, that was, was horrifying. The part of that. Yeah. 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 But that wasn't even more like I just feel like that was straight up like horror movie style. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, it wasn't really this gore as like kind of realistic like, gore. Body horror, yeah. yeah, yeah. Because like also because she's drawn with kind of like the eye sockets and like you know what I mean like the kind of like soulless eyes. I mean this is like gluttony's just like straight up chopped in half. Like yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and like the spine is sticking out and yeah, like like you can see like individual bits. <laughs> Bones As opposed to, I think with with lust when Roy was like flamethrowing her, it was kind of like body outline in fire, you know, yeah. like yeah. And sometimes you see kind of I like mean, her skull and stuff like regenerating, but yeah. I think the closest might be uh, Scar's first kill, where they talk about like the the I don't remember the phrase, but the the body parts being everywhere, but like you don't see it that well. It's more of you just kind of hear it. Mm-hmm. Like I I don't know if there's anything that we've seen quite. Yeah, like Scar's couple. I mean, when he killed like Nina and Show Tucker, it was just like mm-hmm. you just see him like put his hand on them. Maybe there's some blood or whatever, but yeah. you don't see them like. Oh yeah, because they were saying like he like exploded them from the inside or whatever. Like it was described, yeah. right? So yeah, it was yeah. A, yeah. Well, it's really gross description, but we don't actually see it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Remember back then we were yeah. like, ew, we didn't even know what we were. <laughs> well, you guys yeah. knew it was coming, but <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I definitely feel like the the gore is getting stepped up. 
mm-hmm. <laughs> in the in the fights. Oh, Lanfan also pulled the flash bomb. Mm-hmm. This is unrelated to Gluttony yeah, 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 dis- yeah. like blown up in a disgusting way, but she um which sucks because then Bradley was like, just kidding, I have an eye extra eye under this eye patch like a pirate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But at least Ling made it out in the end. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that part was like when I was talking about them being in sync, that part was like the one that seemed most like like it almost looked like they rehearsed that speech and <laughs> pulling the flash bomb. <laughs> because of like how like well timed it was. But Yeah. He was like, I'll distract them. Mm-hmm. Pull a flash bomb. <laughs> or maybe she was just like Ling is talking. I have time to pull a flash bomb or whatever. Because he doesn't. Yeah. If yeah, she's he definitely knew, like, it, huh? yeah, like it's impressive that she is aware enough to like make that movement. Oh at yeah, because she'd like mm-hmm. just gotten her arm is struck down at that point. She said she can't use it. Like I think it's like basically severed. Like mm-hmm. that's the implication mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. from Bradley's attack. Like it was still attached, but she couldn't move it or whatever. So yeah, yeah. Um, so, but yeah. So. And yet she's still able to continue fighting, essentially, as much as she can. Yeah. But yeah, I don't think that Ling was necessarily prepared for it, because he, he couldn't... He was also affected by the flash bomb, I guess. I mean, maybe mm-hmm. he couldn't cover his eyes or whatever, but, like, enough. But well, he, he, he had scoped the, uh, yes. the exit <laughs> right before, yeah. Yeah, he, was, he had scoped the exit, but I mean, like, he couldn't see... Yeah, because he's navigating by being able to feel the, the breeze. The breeze so. oh, yeah, yeah, he yeah, specifically yeah, said right. that he couldn't... Or he specifically, like, thought... Like, oh, I can't see, but there's a breeze coming from this direction or something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he's not able to. He's also not able to see, but yeah. whatever. He still managed to escape. So it still worked. I mean, again, it like at least it weakened gluttony. So that was yeah. good. One thing that's cool is you actually can, if you go back to the previous chapters, yeah. you can see that Lanfon pulled the kunai out, like, in mm-hmm. that panel, in that, like, big full page panel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can see, and you can see it repeated in the next chapter, too. Mm hmm. Where she's falling and you can see it or whatever at the beginning yeah so, so did either of you play tales of symphonia 2 no nope I can't because uh i don't i only played it a little like once and i don't remember it that well but um one thing that happened over and over and over again is the party would get stuck in some place <laughs> And uh, one of your allies would be like, oh, I sense a draft coming in this direction. There must be an exit. <laughs> like eight times. <laughs> and so, That's really funny. Yeah. Um, uh, Ling finding the exit through the breeze just made me think of that. <laughs> it's pretty convenient. I can't say that I've ever used a breeze to determine an exit. <laughs> yeah. But you've also never set off a sm- uh, uh, A flash uh, bomb? A flash grenade? bomb indoors. No. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I would learn quick. <laughs> also, yeah, you I never have to used be... a flash bomb, a smoke bomb, and a and a bomb bomb to, yeah. to escape from a, a humanoid monster before. Yeah, no, I love how he's like how reckless, and it's like, um, you can use a like a sword with your butt, like. <laughs> <laughs> how is it reckless? <laughs> I mean, I guess they're just like because it's in a public place or whatever. But well, also like they don't have to be careful about their where like you know their being discovered or whatever like bradley's always operating undercover right like he can't be discovered to be in this fight or have any any special powers right Mm. so Uh, i mean i think him being discovered he could make an excuse probably like yeah he can make an excuse yeah these are fugitives that were after i was chasing them down something like that yeah he can't be discovered with gluttony though yeah yeah that would be an issue yeah yeah and it does seem like he like saves his like more inhuman 
like physical abilities for when he's like in private fights without an audience. Yes. Yeah. 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 Like when he was fighting greed underground. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah. And he like he specifically kinda... like knocks like Ling and Lomphon into a building before he starts like interrogating them and then yeah. puts his eye patch back on before he goes back outside. He also followed them really casually. Mm-hmm. He wasn't running after them or anything. He was just like mm-hmm. walking and like I guess cuz he doesn't have to, but um Yeah. Like I don't know whatever. He didn't I don't think he was, I think he was trying not to draw attention and he was, yeah, he was trying to lure them, you know, lead them to a place where there was less people. Yeah. Ling is like, there's no, oh, there's often less people here and whatever. So, yeah. I guess he, he has more to lose than they do. So yeah. Using a, yeah. <laughs> using a, a smoke, a smoke bomb, a flash, a flash grenade, a smoke grenade and a grenade grenade, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? It wouldn't be his tactic of choice, I guess. Yeah. But he has a special eye and special sword powers. <laughs> Look with his special, special eyes. Eye. <laughs> <laughs> My friend. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I don't have any other things to say, except that yeah. Bonfon is a badass. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And if Ling's not in love with her, then I'm in love with her. <laughs> Cosm, now I'm going to keep looking for all... How dare you ruin this... <laughs> platonic relationship for me <laughs> it's all your fault not our cause at all <laughs> you'd be like up late flipping through the manga they're so in love let's so <laughs> be like i'm so in love with Lon fun <laughs> no some 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 ships you just have to work harder for okay like <laughs> i can look at like roy and and uh riza and i'm like okay obviously they're in love and with yeah. winry and ed they're obviously in love <laughs> yeah she's She's noticed that his she shoulders. She noticed have his gotten... shoulders. Yeah, she noticed his back. That's like saying you're in love. <laughs> Just like putting your jacket over someone is like saying you're in love with them, obviously. So basically, in my mind, they both said it <laughs> to each other. <laughs> I need to stop and be stopped. Okay. But yeah, I don't have any other things to say this time. We talked for a long time about how great yeah, he is and how great Lan Fun is, so it's probably yeah. good. <laughs> We, we talked about those girls on the battlefield. Yeah, the right. girls on the battlefield. Yeah. <laughs> As they deserve to be talked about, yes. <laughs> oh, Cosme took so, a big breath. Like just say it was out of preparation to say something. <laughs> oh, well, because the, um, the, the cover art for the chapter has uh, Lanfan, Winry, and Riza, I'm pretty sure. I think mm-hmm. it's May. Wait, is it one of them? Yeah, uh, awesome. Or maybe all, all of them are. Oh, okay. Yeah, in between. So the two... The cover, the color cover art. Oh, it's Winry, Risa, and uh, Mei Chang. Oh, okay. And um, it has all their pets. That's no. Xiaomi and Den and um, Black Hayate. Black Hayate, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> I thought it was uh, Lung Fan, and the three of them were in the chapter, I think. Yeah. But Risa got very little screen time, but. I know. <laughs> She's not none. quite on the battlefield yet. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm offended. I mean, she <laughs> <laughs> yeah. should be getting a lot of screen time. She's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did like their little bit though with the from Roy's print call station. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Described it. Yeah. <laughs> I like how she just casually takes Fury's glasses. I'm deeply offended. <laughs> as a glasses wearer. It's an <laughs> emergency. Pops out the lenses like they didn't cost hundreds of dollars. <laughs> Maybe they have public health care in a mistress, but I doubt it. Yeah. Well he's part of the military, so it's probably uh, Yeah. Probably got good health care. Uh, probably. <laughs> Also, they're his spare glasses. I guess it's okay. Mm-hmm. She needs them yeah. for something. I like how Fury just has this hideout with like crazy radio equipment and like disguises, disguises. Mm-hmm, weapons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he knew what they would need. 
mm-hmm. in their little nest for their little thing. They were prepared. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of like the little, like, like, Roy keeps, like, telling her, like, giving her, like, an order. And she's just like, yes, sir. Like, mm-hmm. back and forth. And then she ends and gives him an order. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Whenever she says yes to her, what she really means is I love you. <laughs> yes. I stand by what I said. <laughs> yeah. And then she's like, don't leave. And he's like, are you giving me orders? She's like, yeah. And he's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because they're in love. I mean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cute. It is cute. I like them. Mm-hmm. I really like Risa. I hope there's more with her soon because I like her. It has yeah. nothing to do with any other like need in the story. Just my need to be exposed to her in the story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like Colonel and Lieutenant can be pet names. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you mean Fuhrer President and Lieutenant? <laughs> <laughs> or like Lieutenant General or something? <laughs> You're like, that's for the, like, post-fic. Yeah, the, the post-canon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It'd be funny if she just kept calling him Colonel, no matter what his rank is. <laughs> Colonel. He's like, I'm a, I'm a general now. That's right, Colonel. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. What are we going to talk right. about? What canon next things are we going to talk about next time? Yes. <laughs> next week. 48 and 49. Well, yeah, unpredictable. Yeah, Completely unpredictable. <laughs> be surprised, <laughs> she said. <laughs> Well, we will be surprised. Who knows what's going to happen? Everything is in, in, in shambles right now. The plan isn't going according to plan. Well, they did catch the homunculi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they caught right homunculus. I mean, <laughs> <They're> yeah. <okay. laughs> it's a dramatic ending. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Oh, I, I'm sure that it won't go great, no matter what happens. It can't possibly... <laughs> how could it get... How could it... I don't know. Yeah. Like, now what are they going to do? Mm, yeah, it's going quote-unquote according to plan. I mean... Yeah. They achieved the Bra- objective. Broad strokes, it's growing according, according to, plan. to plan. Well, yeah, so they, they've they captured a homunculus, but Scar's still there on the loose. Yeah, and... wiping the blood off his clothes. Yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, Lanfant's still grievously injured. Now Winry's been involved in the battle. She's not there mm-hmm. anymore. She's being protected, but the trauma isn't over, surely. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. They still gotta. The fight is talk. Done. Yeah, that's right. I said, I said they'll talk. So they still have to quote unquote talk mm-hmm. about everything. Yeah. So nothing is settled, <laughs> except that Lanvan isn't dead. So that's yes. good. <laughs> and that they have, they have gotten knee trapped. So I guess that's quote unquote good. Yeah. Like the majority of Lanvan isn't dead. <laughs> <laughs> Neither is the majority of gluttony anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but he has powers and she she has powers, but not regenerative powers. Yeah. <laughs> she has badass powers. It's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, forty eight and forty nine next time. All right, uh, cool. Right. I can do that. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I believe in you. <laughs> Thank you. I was fishing for praise. <laughs> fishing for praise. Cosm, I validated you. I'm aware. That's all I needed. I I can go now. Okay, good. (laughs) Well, until next time, I guess. Uh, Thanks, everybody, for listening. We will see you next week. Thank you for listening to our our crazy plots. (laughs) Bye. Bye bye.
you accuse alchemists of defying God and then take it upon yourself to eliminate them when you yourself use alchemy? Star continued. Star. <laughs> That's his like stripper name. <laughs> <laughs> He's well built. That's so in the text. <laughs>